This is Four Network. Before we start with the Football Daft podcast today, we just want to offer our condolences and sympathies to the family and friends of Adrian Lionheart McCallum, who has passed away recently and will be missed by so many people, particularly in the wrestling community. And someone, Grado, that you looked up to, someone who looked out for you, mm-hmm. how are you feeling? Well... I'm obviously still scunnered. Everybody is. It's like... Uh, still the, a shock, is well, it? The wrestling community, we're a band of brothers, band of sisters, so right now it's like... Um, is it left a void absolutely. within the wrestling community? Lionheart was such a big character. He was. He's always... And for me, he, he's always been there. Um, 15 years. Wow. And since then, you know, wrestled all over Europe with him, been everywhere, ups and downs. And uh, What was he like as a guy, mate? You know what? He was the most selfless guy and if you didn't know him, a lot of people would think, oh, he's cocky and he's, you know, maybe think that that guy's a bit of an ass. But actually, he was nothing like that at all. If you got to know Adrian, he was so self and the nicest guy and he cared so much about everybody else. I mean, even last week, he he was trying to arrange a match for me, right, a wrestling match. Because recently, my, my wrestling's been doing a wee bit due to the fact, you know, you did three months in Toodles doing, then you did three months in Panel, then you did three months recording a game show. Suddenly, you're six months, six seven months at the wrestling business, and you know, you know, the fans start, the fans stop chanting your name. So it's like a, he he was offered a big match, and he asked if I wanted it instead. You know what he, um, you know, I've everybody goes through highs and lows. The last six months have been particularly difficult for me. What's happened to me in my personal life, and he, you know, even to the even to the night before last week. He was messaging me saying, look, if you ever need anybody to talk to, talk to me. And that's what I want to tell people today, right? Talk. You need to talk, man. This is happening far too much. This is, feels like an epidemic special in Scotland. Mm-hmm. How many times have you gone on Facebook and you've seen last scene in such and such road, please mm-hmm. contact, and it always ends up in the same situation, the same outcome. You need to talk. Speak. If you've got something that's, that's eating you alive inside, just... Think about telling people about it. Think about telling people and about it. And do you know it. what you need to do? I, I, I think three words are very powerful. How are you? Aye, if absolutely. You, just asking those look three little for words. Each other, yeah. Yeah. Look out and, and, and each other. Even if on the outside they look like they're great and they're in a good place, you don't yeah. know what's going on inside people's heads. And just asking that question to anybody and everybody, how are you? They might just open up to you. They absolutely. might just speak to you. And as you say, we need to talk more. Aye, and he done so much for British wrestling, done everything for the... To make this, I mean, he came into British wrestling when it was absolute shits, and that was 15 years ago. It was ridiculous. The unfortunate thing is, he broke his neck a couple of years ago in a match, but it's obviously, you know, it's obviously affected him. Mm-hmm. Um, All you need to do is just go into social media and look at the outpouring of love aye. and sadness. The Rock. The Rock. The Rock, man. And that was his hero. The Rock tweeting him. Tweeting about him. Yeah. So it just goes to show how how much he was loved and adored by the wrestling community around the world and not just here in the UK. So we're going to dedicate today's show to Adrian Lionheart McCallum. And as we said at the top of this, we would like to offer our sympathies and our condolences to his friends and family and to the wrestling world. Um, much love to you all. And uh, this show is dedicated to you, Adrian. Credo is a daft of the Football Daft Podcast. Is that a good story? Is that a good story? I've got an encyclopedia. Brain. He's got a damn man nothing. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Why are you a fucking hooer? <laughs> this is Football Daft, sponsored by Glasgow Private Hire. Make booking easier. Download our booking app now on App Store and Google Play. You're a Rangers man. Uh, 
I'm a hearts man. <laughs> With Ewan Cameron. I work for Showtime in ESPN. <laughs> and... Hello and welcome to the Football Daft Podcast, episode five. Hello there, Grado. How are you saying, Tip? I'm saying, I'm, I'm not saying very much. What are you saying? <laughs> oh, I'm delighted I'm back here sitting down a wee podcast with yourself. I'm enjoying it. So we're dedicating the show today to Adrian Lionheart McCallum, but I also want to dedicate the show to my Uncle Hamish. You know the story about my Uncle Hamish. The story's brilliant, mate. And it was in all the newspapers. Why? Because my Uncle Hamish recently passed away. And uh, when we laid him to rest a couple of Fridays ago, it was also on the day that my uncle Hamish was going to be on the telly on BBC Two in the final of Mastermind. So there it was. We uh, laid him to rest at 11 o'clock in the morning on the Friday. And then that night at half past seven, the family sat down to watch our uncle Hamish on the TV in the final of Mastermind. That's, not, that's so nice, mate. Isn't it's, a, it's a perfect... It's a perfect funeral, it's a perfect... It's a perfect day, it's a perfect a, way a, a for it to A good closure as well, do you know what I mean? Aye. And you know why? Because Mastermind was a huge part of his life. Aye. He'd, he'd been on seven Masterminds. See how that you're meant to see you pick a subject? Yes. See every time that he'd done it, did he have the same subject? <laughs> no, you're not allowed to do no, that. Right, no. <laughs> well, his specialist subject was the same one well, each time he went aye. back. Well, that's just... <laughs> no, that would never be allowed. But, but do you think some people pick a certain subject and study it like fuck then, ain't it? That's, like, a, that's the point. That's, uh, well, that's, that's, that's how Mastermind works. Uh, how, what was his fucking? What was his last one? Was it no? Mary Cassatt. Uh, who the fuck's that? Do you know? Who, have you heard of Mary Cassatt? No. Any idea who she is? Mary Cassatt. No. She was an American an painter. MP or something. Like that. Which was it? An MP. <laughs> she was an American painter right. who moved to Paris. Hey, how the fuck did your uncle Amy know her? <laughs> <laughs> a fucking American painter, an American painter named <laughs> Mary Cassatt. Fair dues, whatever uh, foot bought. Anyway, he was, um, he was. Uh, there was ninety six contestants at the start of the, the the competition, and he got to the final six, and he Brilliant. finished third. That's amazing. It's isn't an it? amazing, isn't it? How do even the, the mastermind look up our painters and find out all the stuff about them? I take it they just go on Wikipedia and just take it <laughs> off that. <laughs> <laughs> it's to the Wikipedia. Well, you don't just study a Wikipedia page and then go to Mastermind. Well, well, well I mean, for, for, for America sat. How much? What are you going? To, what do you want to know about books. it? What was our favourite fucking breakfast? No, 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 no. no. It'll be oh my word. There'll be like books. Right. And the reason that I bring it up is because we're we're proud of my uncle. Aye, that's right. He's got to the final. And the, the other reason why I brought it up because I would like to play Mastermind with you. I <laughs> know. Right. So if I don't know painters. I don't know what you want. I can't, I can't <laughs> call a painter and decorators for Stevenson, but I don't can much. Not, I only can ten questions about them. No, <laughs> I'm not going to ask you questions about painter and decorators in Stevenson right. or any other painters. Do you know any famous painters anyway? Just a curiosity. Uh, yes, Van Gogh. Fucking told off his any, didn't he? Uh -huh. Any right. other? Uh, Passat. That's a car. Uh, some of the others are no. Passat. You mean Picasso? Picasso, that's it. <laughs> oh my word! Right, so we're going to do a wee bit of mastermind with you, right? So if I, if you were if you were to make that walk from the contestants' chair to the famous to the black chair, you're facing John Humphreys, and he says to you, "Grado, what's your specialist subject?" You would say. The art of professional wrestling. The art of professional wrestling. I think wrestling. I've got questions about for me. I, no, I need to. I, I need to go and do a wee bit of research. Are you up for doing this? hundred percent. Because I wasn't sure you'd want to do it. I. 
know everything about professional wrestling. So we're going to play it. Right. Okay, let's play Mastermind. So while I do a wee bit of research, yep. we're going to play some elevator music, and when we come back, we'll be ready to play Mastermind with Grado. Hello and welcome to Mastermind. We have our contestant standing by. Uh, please welcome contestant number one, who makes his way to the big black chair. Name? Graham Stavely, also known as the artist Gredo. Occupation? Children's entertainer. And special subject? Professional wrestling. Question number one of five, Gredo, on your specialist subject. What is the name of Shawn Michaels' finisher? Sweet Chin Music. Correct. Who was guest referee during the Steve Austin v. Hitman double turn match at WrestleMania 13? Oh my God, that came out. Was it Ken Shamrock, bro? It's correct. <laughs> two out of two. Question number three of your five on Mastermind. Adam Copeland is better known as what wrestler? Edge. Three out of three. <laughs> uh, question number four. Name two of Mick Foley's wrestling characters. If you can get the three... I'll give you a bonus point. But we need two. Get me the three. Bonus point. Cactus Jack, dude, loving mankind. Grado, you're getting a bonus point. Hey, here you. There you go. Uh, question number five, your final question, to get everything right. What WrestleMania was main evented by Batista, Randy Orton, oh. and Daniel Bryan as a triple threat? Uh, what was that WrestleMania, the that, number? That was in New Orleans, I'm pretty sure. For a full house, Grado. I'm sure it was WrestleMania 30. You're saying WrestleMania 30. Final answer, begin To win Mastermind. Oh. To be crowned. What is it, the Mas gear again in Mastermind? It's a, a bowl. shite, innit? It's a bowl. A bowl of what? Just a bowl, a glass bowl. Can nothing in it? That's it. Nothing in it. A portion of cornflakes. <laughs> so what's your final uh, answer? Uh, yes, final answer is WrestleMania 30. Grado, <laughs> your right. specialist subject was wrestling. Aye. I had five questions for you. Aye. You Aye. are... <laughs> The mastermind of Great yeah. Britain! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say <laughs> I need to admit <laughs> Can we admit something? Bro. I just want to admit something listeners. Then what happened on Monday? We done this subject <laughs> subject on Monday and the fire alarm came out. What happened? I just want to tell people, right, because I need to be honest, but on Monday, we done the same thing with professional wrestling questions. I, I got fucking nay, nay answers right out number three. So I went to the producer during the fire alarm and went, you better fucking get these answers changed. I don't want to look like a dick. So that's why we're reading today. And producer, thank you very much. You made them a hard times easy. And I'm delighted. Hey! Five out of five. Dedicated Hamish. So there you go. <laughs> Grado's rant. Right, Grado, it's over to you. What do you want to rant about this week? Oh, well, I was at a charity football game there on Saturday at Airdrie Stadium. And it was a Legends versus Heroes or Heroes versus Icons match, charity football match, mm -hmm. which included some folk cafeteria in Scotland and uh, all football players and that. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to say... So come, what were you doing there? Well, I tell them, give me 10 minutes. I'm not playing this full game. Come on. <laughs> How long do you want? It says 10 minutes. Put me on 10 minutes before, before half time. That'll do me. I'm not... Okay, I mean, so you get your 10 minutes? Yeah, I got my 10 minutes, and I'm on that pitch, man, and they take it too serious. 
Tina, it's a fucking charity game. It's a fun game. I was going and I was like, oh, I'm fucking getting off. <laughs> See when I come on. Hey, I want to just mention Shell Suit Bob, first half hat check. He's a great wee player. Is wee he Bob. good, oh, is he? Pacey, good finisher. Absolutely. Um, so but who, I, who are you pissed off at then? I'm not pissed off. You are because you're fucking ranting about something. So you get on the pitch and there's players on the pitch that are taking a fun Aye. charity game By the way, too seriously. Can I also just say Ken is a good football player? Who? <laughs> uh, Peter Martin. You're joking. Uh, uh, he's fucking good. Have you seen the size of him? Uh, I'm, I, mate, I'm telling you, he's got a bad pace. I'm not joking. I swear to God, I was actually fucking raging when I seen how good he was. And I was that's another thing I know. I was trying to banter with him when I was on. And he wasn't giving me much back. Uh, because we're fucking beating him in the podcast. <laughs> Right, anyway, carry on your And also, uh, just method on Mick, Scott Reid. Great player, but come on, man. <laughs> let's play some football. Come on. Let's get some shape, guys. <laughs> it's a fucking charity game, man. Chill out. What's he really saying? And then, I, and then <laughs> taking it well. He's a great player, but don't get me wrong. But I'm going, get me off, man. It was, but do you know what? It, it, it was a good, I can't say it was a great day, right? We all had a good laugh. Sitting with own coil, Jose Katongo, all the usual characters. It was mm-hmm. brilliant, it was brilliant. Ten minutes done me, I'm off, blowing at my farter. Off time, I'm out having a fag with wee crystal. <laughs> and uh, st- uh, Stephen McCall, who was in River City and plenty of other big things he was in. He's a great actor, but we are standing outside tapping fags off Miss Scotland 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Football daft with Glasgow Private Hire. It's the Football Daft Podcast with Ewan and Grado and still to come in just a couple of minutes we are going to be playing Who Are You where we blindfold Grado and we bring in a star that Grado needs to identify by smell, by touch and by questioning the star and I'm going to tell you a a wee bit about this person, Megastar. It's the biggest star we've had to play Who Are You up to this point. I'm excited now. UK Megastar. Right, okay. And this star also went to America. Oh, fuck, so that. <laughs> it didn't quite work out, however. Any idea who that might be, Grado? No. No. Well, you're going to have to guess who it is very, very soon. But before we get to that, got to say a big thank you to our sponsors, the guys who back us, who are there for us every step of the way. It's the guys at Glasgow Private Hire. And if you ever need a taxi in Glasgow or the West, the number you need to call oh. is... What is it? <laughs> I'm just looking on Twitter there. That's uh, fucking 10 years to the day that Michael Jackson died. <laughs> I, was, I was in MAGA. I was in MAGA Luff. So I was That's 10 years. Can you believe that? 10 years we've been without MJ. It's mental, isn't it? I forgot about that. Right, so you were in MAGA? Mm-hmm. By the way, it made my holiday 10 times better. Why? Because all the music shite and then I ended up playing all the Michael Jackson songs. <laughs> and it brilliant. It was brilliant. <laughs> Hiring a boat, fucking playing all the tunes. I remember it. <laughs> so, so Michael Jackson passing away 10 years ago, oh, major holiday in oh, bet. Okay. And I was steaming and I remember phoning everybody back home and they're like getting phone calls. I'm like, Michael Jackson did! Michael Jackson did! Michael Jackson did! And I'm going, we can, we're not. You know, we're, in Steve, we're in Stevenson, do you know what I mean? That's no, the news has travelled there too. Michael Jackson did! Michael Jackson did! Okay, should we move on? Aye, guys, go private higher. Aye. Get a bunch of guys. <laughs> Uh, I'll give you the number yeah, If you ever want to phone a taxi You're best going to 0141 774 3000 And what else do you need to do? You need to download the app For the app store And Google Play Get the app now I've still not done it But I will do it I don't swear on this show But I nearly swore there Apologies I will get that down You said that three weeks ago I Because know. I was going to say to you 
Go go into the app and tell me how it works for right, you. Well, right, see, so can that be your homework for next week? 100%, mate. Right, download the app and then you can explain to us how the app works. Right, right, so that's the right. Glasgow Private Hire app, which you can get on the App Store and also on Google Play. And the number you need to call, if you ever need a taxi in Glasgow or the West, um, just mention Grado when you call this number <laughs> and he'll pay it for you. It's 0141 774 It's the Football Daft Podcast with Ewan and Grado, episode five. And we're delighted to have in the studio with us today an actress, a comedian, and an impersonator, Elizabeth Caproni. Is that your name? It is my name. Caproni. Caproni. Caprioni. Italiano. And how I came about knowing about you is there was videos online of you playing the part of Cheryl Mm -hmm. of Girls Aloud. Mm Mm-hmm. And you've got a resemblance to the way that Cheryl looks. You sound just like Cheryl. I thought, do you think we could fool Grado into believing that we got Cheryl onto the Football Daft podcast? God, I hope so. I so hope so. How long have you been doing Cheryl? Uh, probably about a year. Like, I've not really been doing it that long. Like, I've always been obsessed with doing accents since I was a little girl. And was Cheryl an easy one to do? Uh I think so. Well, for me, I don't know why, but some people you could just pick up on. But I do other people that, like, I've done Nadine Coyle, uh, Cheryl's friend, mm-hmm. nemesis. Yeah. Um, so I do quite a few people, but, like, I didn't really know I could do people as such until I became part of Witzerface. The comedy, uh, the female yeah, comedy group. run by Maureen Carr, who is... And Karen Dunbar's part yeah, of it, yeah. Mm-hmm, fantastic. Yeah. So... I'm hoping that we can fool Grado into believing that you are here today as Cheryl. I hope right? so. Right? So I know you've got big sunglasses with you yeah. to try and help mm-hmm. with the look. Mm-hmm. You sound like her, 100%. So he's going to have the blindfold on. So I think you'll get your voice pretty early on. Yeah. I think you'll know who you are. The trick is, once he removes that blindfold... Can we keep him believing that you're Cheryl from Girls Aloud? It's going to be hard because he's going to be like right there in my face. We just so have to play the game. Just keep playing play the game. It. Just you play might the say game. Like what? So you look none like. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell are you? <laughs> right, so are we ready to do this? This is a challenge, man. It's right. If you can pull this off, an Oscar is coming oh, your way. Man. Right. Okay. Wondering. So here we go. Elizabeth is standing by. And she's going to turn herself into Cheryl from Girls Aloud. Will we fool Grado? Let's play Who Are You? And let's bring Grado into the studio. All right, then. Right, Grado is now in the studio and is making his way to his chair to, uh, to try and identify our Who Are You guest today. Right, okay. Right, well, there's, there's a microphone. Right. Right, Grado, sat next to you on your left is our Who Are You guest, oh, right? Short read my pocket. <laughs> Sorry, I get short read for the garage. Oh, it's a woman. I can hear a woman. I can hear a woman. Now, let me just say it. It's no pink, is it? <laughs> it's no pink. I know why you're saying pink. Because you did say this is a good one. This is a good one. This is a really good one. Right, okay. Right, this is a good one. Um, if you would, now, if the first thing that we always do, Grado, I know you've identified as a woman just based on a little giggle that you heard, but right. have a little smell of the woman to your right. left. Does she can me? <laughs> Who can me? Oh. Does she smell good? Yes, very yeah. nice, very pretty smell. Very pretty. Flourish. Sp- flowery. Uh-huh, <laughs> now, uh, I would oh. like the mystery guest to hold her right hand for Grado to, to, to touch. Young hands. Young, ha- Young hands. Manicured. 
uh, couldn't tell you, but uh, soft, yep, soft, soft handies, yep, mm-hmm. definitely. How old? Not very you... much jewelry, you know. Like, <laughs> so you think it's a woman? You, like, it is a woman, right? Okay, it's a woman. How, how old is the woman? I mean, again, you keep trying to get me. It's, Try to predict women's ages with their horns. <laughs> All their horns feel the same, to be honest with you. I'm going to just, with foot, try to cause offence. I'd say between 20 and 30. Between 20 and 30. Uh, she's blown you a kiss just now for saying that. All oh, right, so she's about 60. <laughs> she's giving you the middle finger. She's giving you the middle finger. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I can't believe you gave up the middle finger. You know this is getting videoed. Oh. Right, so... Um, oh, she must be quite famous if, if you're, she's giving me the finger. Yeah, I am a wee bit. <laughs> right, right. So this... Um, so you're right, it's a woman. Right. It's a woman who's in her 30s. Right. Right. Now you can ask the, our, our mystery guest some questions yeah. and you can ask anything you want in regards to her life, career, right. football, anything. I mean, probably football's where you want to begin because this is what this is, a football dad podcast. Well, do you like football? Um, it's all right, I think. I've... Like dabbled in football over the years, but it's I've had enough of that to be honest. Oh no, it's a it's a Jodie, isn't it? A Jodie, or oh, I don't yeah. care. Are you a pop star? Are you a pop star? I may do a bit of singing and dancing. Oh, yeah. oh, dancing, dancing. Did you do? I take it. Did you do? Were you on Dancing Rice or something like that? No. No. Or Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> no. No, I could say like. Are you in a bond? I was in a band, but I, you could say I'm more like. On my own now, solo artist. Sure, it's not Cheryl Cole, is it? Is it? No, it's not Cheryl Cole. Oh, no, no, it's not Cheryl Cole. I'm a front. Is it? It's not Cheryl. Is it? Are you Cheryl Cole? No. Can I see? Oh, what do I say? <laughs> no, it's not Cheryl Cole. It's what not Cheryl Cole. Is it Cheryl Crow? Because I must admit, <laughs> when I, I went, and, I went, and, I went and typed into Google Glasgow concerts, and Cheryl Crow's playing on Wednesday, and I thought, but then Cheryl Crow's not Joel Dash. <laughs> Uh, hey, it's no Cheryl Cole, it's no Cheryl Crow. You were in a oh. bond. Have you ever been on a? Have you ever been on reality TV like pop stars and X Factor and Pop Idol and that? Yeah, as ago I've been on those kid type shows, but you could say more like um, no, it's solo, but more have you, like you told her to, s- to speak like that? Is that her real accent? Because <laughs> are you putting that on? Are you putting that on that accent? Sorry, no? that's insulting. So, sorry about that. No, I just thought you were maybe trying to... He's definitely no Cheryl Cole now. <laughs> well, is it Cheryl Cole? <laughs> and you're just trying to drag it out? There's no fucking way of getting Cheryl Cole on <laughs> that podcast. <laughs> but then that's no offence to you for, you know what I mean? I don't mean it like that. What are you promoting? Are you promoting a gig? I've got a single out. You've got a single out? Single's called Let You, and it's like a more of an anthem type track. It's more like a club. The new one. The new one's called Let You. It's out just right. now. Well, I've not heard that one. But I'm just, if you, uh, what, but, what about your, what's your most famous song? When you go on Spotify, what's the number made, one? And mate, like, fight for something. Fight, fight, fight for the love. Great. Though, we, we have dragged it out. You've actually got the name. Right. You've, you've already said it, but we've been dragging it out for a bit of fun. Cheryl Cole! She's not it's cool not anymore. Cool. It's that's why I'm. That's because that I'm getting involved. That is not. Hang way, hold on. It minute. is. You're right. It's Cheryl. That is not. I'm too fit to take it. I'm not taking half my fucking. That's no Cheryl Cole. Is <laughs> are you scared to take it off? Are you scared to take it off? Aye, no, that is not. Cheryl. Nice to meet you. Is it really? <laughs> is it actually? Oh, that's embarrassing. Yes. Yeah. I'm totally glad you dragged us here. 
Cheryl, lovely for you to come in and join us now. We we persuaded to come in because she's on a tour of our new single. Promo like it's promo week. What are you playing, fucking Craig Tara? All I've done is interviews, like, the last two weeks. This is totally different. Yeah. I feel really uneasy, Ewan. <laughs> I don't know if that's hard. <laughs> this isn't so... Like, I've never been so insulted, like, in an interview face-to-face. It's... Why? Grado, I work in radio. Aye. Right? Cheryl's out doing promo just now. She's got a new album out and a new single. That's Cheryl. Why are you not believing that that's Cheryl? I don't know, mate. I just don't think that's the real Cheryl Cole sitting next to me. She wouldn't be doing this fucking stupid podcast, I don't think. I've got a single to promote. I'll do anything oh. me. I don't think that's her. Hold on. Hold on a minute. So that's Elizabeth. Pleased to meet you, Elizabeth. How are you doing? You bad manners. Cheeky fucking bastard. No way, no way, no way. Oh, wow. So what are you? You're a Cheryl Cole tribute actor? I, I wouldn't say a tribute actor. I just like actor and I do Comedian. impersonations. Oh, aye. No, you're good. Have you heard of What's Her Face with Maureen Carr? Aye, I've heard of that, yeah. right? Aye. She's in she that, did that. that female oh, comedy group. Oh, get in there, that's and I cool. Saw, I saw well, you, well, you've done your job well because I was sitting there mega uneasy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going, is that... No, no way I'm going, I don't know if that is or is it... No, it was horrible there. <laughs> oh, Elizabeth, no you were brilliant, by uh, the way. Did you enjoy that? It was great. Did I you just, enjoy it? I loved, like, at the start, I could tell with your face, you were like, this is... You didn't know what you were like on the fence, like going, what? Who is this man? I was scared to say it. Were you scared? I was scared, I. I was, I was. That's because you didn't look me in the eye and I was like, I'm going to be a stroppy cow now, man. And just like. And I was like, see if I take this off and I actually Cheryl Cole. I, I can't wait to tell everyone. <laughs> Cheryl Cole was on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I was, that's why I was thinking I was going, to am I going to deal with us? <laughs> so you got on. Um, would you say what 60 40 70 30 how far I'd were say, you man, at one point at one point it was 60 40 at one point it was 70 30 <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you it was getting to the point where i'm going hold on a minute this is hard. hi hi <laughs> thank you elizabeth yeah, thanks thank so much you. thank you cheryl thank you thank you sorry <laughs> i'll fuck off now <laughs> football daft with glasgow private hire uh, before we go any further, Grado, let's talk about the Women's World Cup. Scotland are out, 3-0 up against Argentina, 18 minutes to go. We end up drawing 3-3 and we're out the fucking World Cup. I know, I can. And everybody says it's the most Scotland thing ever, but you've got to have a wee bit of sympathy for Oh, them. you have to. You know what I mean? We were playing so well. We I were know. in the knockout stages of the World Cup. The first time any national team, men or women, had made it through the knockout stages and we screwed it up. Well, you know what? Exactly, but here's the deal. They made us proud. The Scotland they did make us they proud. made us proud. They've they done well. Fantastic. They can't. It's and also it's alerted. I think so many young lasses know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, inspired. It's, it's so inspiring. Thinking, of, thinking. Of, I'm thinking the lasses that played when I played at school. They didn't have anything like that to no. look up to. It was all the boys. But yeah. no, we've got women. We've got females. Everybody can look to look up to. And there's at that age, it's and, great to have an inspiration. And one of like the that. most inspiration pl- inspirational players for Scotland is Erin Cuthbert, the striker. Oh yes. Great player, yep. only 22, big future ahead of her. And I tell you what, Scotland will be back at another major tournament. And I think the next time they get to a major tournament with this team, because they've gained a lot of experience from us, they will get to a knockout stage. Aye. 
And I think Shelley Kerr did a fantastic job, and I think she should be applauded because we, we've, we've come on leaps of bounds in the last couple of years. I've got the hiccups now. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll get Shelley Kerr on the show. Aye. Would you like Shelley Kerr in here Absolutely. beside you? Absolutely. No, and no interrupter when she's getting ready for her no. World Cup. And uh, talking of the uh, Women's World Cup, um, who do you think will win it? We've got Norway, England, France, USA, Italy, Holland, Germany versus Sweden. Who is your pick to win the Women's World Cup? Pick a team. We've got Norway, England, France, USA, Italy, Holland, Germany or Sweden. I'll go for the Yanks. They're the favourites to win the World Cup. And if you want a wee football scoop for the Women's World Cup, our betting partner, Genting Bet, are giving new users the chance to claim a first bet insurance for wagers between £10 and £25. So you'll get a free bet if your first settled bet above £10 doesn't win, up to a max value of £25. Now, to claim these great offers with Genting Bet, you need to visit footballscoops.co.uk. That's footballscoops.co.uk. The first bet insurance between £10 and £25 for new customers when you visit footballscoops.co.uk so get involved remember gamble responsibly correct that's footballscoops.co.uk first bet insurance is valid so check out the website for details new customers only and your first losing settled single bet of £10 plus at odds of evens or above qualifies Free bet equal to your qualifying stake up to £25, credited within 24 hours, seven days to use. For full T's and C's, visit footballscoops.co.uk. Over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Find out more at begambleaware.org. Football Daft with Glasgow Private Hire. Still to come on the Football Daft podcast, our big interview with former Celtic striker Simon Donnelly, who was part of the team that stopped Rangers winning 10 in a row. What year was that? Uh, 98. How old were you? I mean, 10. And, uh, painful time in your life. Oh, painful, man. <laughs> and I remember not getting it as well. I remember going, oh, no, we'll get 10 in a row. And I remember going, with that. will we get it next year then? Will we get 10 in a row? Doesn't work like that. Uh, Simon Donnell will be here very soon to talk about all aspects of his time at Celtic. Also, when he went down south and also getting into management at Partick Thistle with Jackie McNamara. All that and more to come with Simon Donnelly. But first, we need to talk about some of the transfer news. The transfer window is open. Let's just run through some of the things that have happened that could happen. Are you up to date, Grado? I've been looking at it, man. There's plenty of drama as usual. It's always about entertainment this time of the year. And it it's... certainly is. Uh, shall I run through some of the stuff that's going on? Let's do it. Uh, Aberdeen have signed Craig Bryson from Derby on a free transfer. Good acquisition, that for Aberdeen. Scott McKenna won't be leaving Aberdeen unless somebody pays the Dons £10 million. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Nothing. <laughs> you don't think Scott McKenna's worth £10 million? That's oh. what Aberdeen won. Apparently, they turned down a five million bid from Celtic for him, and they went, No, we're not budging. We want 10 million, or you can't. They want 10 million for Scott McKenna. Ah, Fair dues, isn't it? Uh, Hibs have spent £250,000 to bring Christian Doidge to Easter Road from Forest Green. What do we know about him? Oh, he's fucking brilliant. Uh, Jimmy Walker's heading back to Hearts from Wigan. Oh, that's that's a good sign. It's, it's what we need. We need a bit of pace. That's a we, good need, sign. we need a creative player. So Jamie Walker on his way back to Tynecastle. Fingers crossed. Uh, Northern Ireland striker Connor Washington is also close to a deal to join Hearts. Uh, Arnold Zoom has ruled out staying. It hasn't ruled out staying at Tynecastle, uh, despite being offered a deal to play in Cyprus and Greece. Have you heard of the clubs that he might be uh, going to in Cyprus and Greece? No. Oh. Could you name me a team that's in Greece? Uh, Pathos United. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Uh, Kenny Miller has left Dundee, and who's he signed for? I don't know. Who, who's Kenny Miller signed for? He's just signed today. For Dundee? He oh, left Dundee. Well, he left know, Dundee. Right. Who did he go to? Who did Kenny Miller just sign for the day? 
Well, I'm just because of the whole shit with uh, Oren Kearney. I'm thinking maybe uh, St. Mirren might take the fucking dive with, with Kenny and put Kenny in charge. Oh, play you manager. Know, oh, my eye. I just could have maybe had a read a week. Do you know out, what? You're aye. not going to believe this. What is he not? Nah, he's at Partick Thistle. Has he signed for Partick? <laughs> he's signed for Has Partick. Has he really? He's turned up with Gary Caldwell. That's a good signing for them. Oh, that's a brilliant signing. Well, they, they've lost Chris Doolan to well, their United right, and right, they brought I, in Kenny I, Miller. I'm so. sure they were wanting, maybe wanting Boyd as well before retired. What are they wanting? There's, there's rumours going around that he, that he might turn up at Partick Thistle, but also, he's retired. Also, I, I know we don't... Well, I remember reading a <laughs> certain rumour about Boyd going to Darvel. Really? And apparently they've got plenty of money. That was the top. But he's retired, though. Aye, I know. But he, he got offered... I deal for Dar- Darvel. They want to be retired. <laughs> Did he get it offered? Hey, man, no, that was it. Was a rumor I read on the internet. All right, so you you believe everything you read on the internet, do you? Aye. Anyway, so Kenny Miller's turned up at Partick Thistle. Uh, Joe Aribo is uh, is at Rangers for three hundred thousand pounds from Charlton, uh, beating off interest from some big Premiership clubs. Apparently, Villa were in for him. Aye. That's it. Looks like it's a decent it's signing. signing. I'm I, rem- about I remember that. watching him in the um, in the playoffs. He's a strong running midfielder do you know someone who likes to run with the ball he's an attacking midfielder that's, are you excited by this signing that's exactly that we need do you need that in the middle of the park absolutely I think that's a great signing so Joe Rebo is on his way to Rangers not quite confirmed but should go through the next few days uh, George Edmondson has also turned up at Ibrox from Oldham low expected of that central defender do you think he gets in ahead of Katic and Goldson I think they've got to concentrate on Katic and Goldson uh, is that your future I, I, I would think so. It's Edmund, I, would, it's, I mean, no, they've, they've, be, they've both got uh, longer contracts. Yes. They surely have. So So do you think Edmondson mm, is a backup? I would, say, I would say just go for them. I would go for Goldson and Katic. Try it out first. But okay. you never know what's going to happen. Okay. Um, Arsenal, uh, let's talk about Celtic now. Arsenal are not willing to pay the reported £25 million at Celtic won for Kieran Tierney. Apparently they have upped the bid to £19 Rumours have it that Kieran Tierney is keen on a move. To um, Arsenal on seventy thousand pounds a week. Seventy thousand pounds a week is Kieran Tierney a twenty-five million pound fullback? Do you think he is? Well, if you look at Wan Bissaka, who's about to sign a deal with Man United for fifty-five million from Crystal Palace. When you look at it like that, that... when you look at it like that, and Kieran Tierney, who has played, but he's playing in the SPL, and I know he's played in Europe. But who's he up against compared to these other players that have played in the Premier League? I don't know. Uh, Celtic are also closing in on Toulouse defender Christopher Julian, who is apparently reported to be worth £8 million. Are Celtic paying £8 million for a central defender? No! <laughs> and... We've got to talk about David Turnbull. Oh, come on. What is happening there, man? Uh, Don't get me wrong. It's great. I'm more excited about the David Turnbull stuff than Love Island. <laughs> I'm loving it, man. <laughs> I love that. Every time I come on, there's something new. It's a pantomime and a half. Right. Let's, shall we tell the story of David Turnbull? Well, what is the story? Right, I'm going to start from the right. beginning, right? So here we go. It all started three weeks ago when Celtic and Barnsley put in reported bids of £2 million for David Turnbull, which were turned down by Motherwell. Celtic then came back in with an improved bid of £3.25 million, which was then accepted and players allowed to go into talks. Celtic offered what they called, quote-unquote, a magnificent contract to under-21 international, but pulled out the deal as they couldn't agree on personal terms. He then turns up in Norwich to have a chat with them, and they agree a fee with Motherwell. He then talks personal terms with Norwich. Something goes on in between. He doesn't decide to go to Norwich. Celtic are back in the run-in. He then goes back and talks to Celtic. He then says, I'm going to join Celtic. Celtic say we've agreed in terms with Motherwell and with David Turnbull. It breaks that he's failed the medical. And then the next thing, which you just cannot believe, it's been reported now that he does have a problem with his knee and he will be out for a minimum of 12 weeks. Now, apparently, it's also been rumoured that if the David Turnbull deal doesn't go through, the Celtic are lining up Paddy McNair from Middlesbrough to replace David Turnbull if he doesn't sign for Celtic. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but it's it's mental. <laughs> it? It is. It's, no, it's... Do you know what it's like? It's, it's like one thing you're thinking... 
Well, the first time where, it, where, it, where, it, where the personal terms, you think that's the agent saying, come on, we'll get a bit of money somewhere else. How funny would it be, though? Did Norwich know about the knee? I don't know, but how funny would it be if um, Celtic were delaying making this announcement that Rangers nipped in and got him? I know, Morris Johnson. <laughs> anyway, could you imagine? That's not going to happen. Celtic, Norwich, back to Celtic, then ends up at Rangers. Could you imagine? Aye, then he wins player of the year. <laughs> 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 And that's your transfer news. That's your transfer talk, guys, and we'll see you again next week. Okay. So that's the transfer news. It's been in the newspapers over the past week or so and some of the deals that have actually gone through. But we've been asking you on social media to get in contact with us to tell us what you think your team needs ahead of the new season. Grado, what have you got? Well, I've got Sean Bissett here. He says for Rangers, they require a third striker if Morello stays. Uh, a first pick left back. He thinks that Flanagan and Barisic are no good enough in his opinion. He's a solid starting centre back, a creative number 10. If if we get that, we won't be far from 55. And that's Do you agree? Um, I'd put to see third striker. Yeah, I would like to see a third striker just laugh at his away. Mm-hmm. It would be good to get uh, another striker in. Uh, left back... Man, it's... it's Barisic. I, I think Barisic, Barisic. There's something in there but well, Barisic. Do you watch Barisic when he plays for... Croatia. He's fucking shit hot. I know. So I there's just, a player in there. There is a player in there. Yeah. Got to give, I've got to, give, got to give Barisic another chance, definitely. If we give so many chances to Halliday, we've got to give Barisic a chance. Uh, Jim McBride says Celtic um, need to make a new... What? Celtic need to... Celtic... First thing, it needs to be... Oh, a new cleaner. The first sign it needs to be a new cleaner. What does that mean? Because <laughs> right, uh, at the cleaner, um, oh, apparently yeah. was accused of taking a photo of that bit of paper that got surrounded through the internet. Yeah. Apparently, she's fucking in there with the, with the phone. That's right. <laughs> Taking a picture. The leaking. Of the, the, leaking the leak. The, the leak signings. The target list. Yes. So Celtic. Mate, if I, come on. If I was a cleaner at Murray Park, I'd be doing the same fucking thing. Come on. <laughs> you want, you want more, wouldn't you? Come on. But who's leaving that send, bit of paper around? Send, I sent it to your mates. Don't fucking pass this. Check this out. Check this out. <laughs> Aside from that, we need a creative midfielder, a centre back, and one possibly two strikers. We'd love to see Patrick Roberts return, but that ain't going to happen because Patrick Roberts has turned up at. Uh, somewhere in Spain, is it? No, no. No, it's Norwich. That's yours. Uh, <laughs> Craig, Close. That's one, did not it? Craig McCaffrey says Celtic need a creative midfielder who can strike a set piece and centre forward. Uh, we'd like more of a proven player than a project just to balance the squad in terms of leaders. What else you got, Grado? I've got Kevin Blythe saying that I'd love to see Kent, ba- Kent back at Rangers. He's only going to get better. A creative number 10 and a first choice left back. That's another one saying that. Looks like we will have a fair play, fair few midfielders, but Aribo also looks promising. If Morelos goes, we need a cracker to replace him. Oh, and I'd like to keep Tavernier. We would all like to keep Tavernier. I'm hearing he might be on his way. Oh. I'm hearing he could be heading to the Premiership. Shut up. I'm hearing. I'm Who hearing you? You. <laughs> <laughs> You told me mm. that Tavernier could be uh, ending up at Bournemouth because they are in need of a right back. <laughs> did you tell me that? I did tell you that. But I and you my... heard it from a good source. I heard it from a very good source. But right, who told you stuff I've... that's come true? Yep, yep, yep. yep. Right, and, so if, this... and if he listens to this, he's going to punch my cunt in. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't fucking tell me things like that. No, 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 no. Right. Eight, I don't think it's going to happen now, but... Eight million to Bournemouth, apparently. Apparently there's some sort of a deal in place. Oh, this podcast gives me adrenaline. <laughs> was, but that's what you told me. I know. So this guy told you stuff in January that's come true, right? Everything you've told he's, me... Everything he's told me... It's uh, true. true. Right. That's right. So, 
So if uh, the Tavernier thing happens where he ends up at Bournemouth, that's a good exclusive for the Football Daft podcast. T- it means that people would take us seriously. I but I'm t- uh, you know what I'm telling you nothing again. I can't believe you've actually done this one there. Have I dropped you in? And you've I. I'm see if I come in my safe face next week. <laughs> you no know way. Football Daft with Glasgow Private Hire. Football Daft with Ewan and Grado, and we're delighted to have in the studio with us today a former Celtic, Sheffield Wednesday, St Johnston, Dunfermline and Partick Thistle player, 396 career appearances with 64 goals, uh, 10 caps for Scotland. <laughs> it's uh, Simon Donnelly. Good afternoon. 64 goals is inaccurate. I'm closer to 80. Closer? Well, that's a better stat than 64. Yep. So we should sack the researcher. Totally. Well, let, let's just do that again. 396 career appearances and 80 plus goals with 10 casts for Scotland. That sounds better. Aye. 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 Hiya, Simon. How you doing? You all right? Aye, good, thanks. Good, it's, thanks. it's good Good to see you. Can I also, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass here when I say this, but you still look pretty young. How old are you? 44. You're looking good for 44. How good is he looking? Are you all like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio or something? <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get that? A break. Do you ever get that to, DiCaprio? More often than not these days, it's the wee guy off uh, Games of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I don't watch it. Do you watch Game I don't of watch Thrones? it either, but people accuse me. I tell you what, if, some, if, if Grado thinks you're like Leonardo DiCaprio, I would we'll take, take that. Um, see, before we talk about your career, Simon, right, there's something I want to do with you and Grado, <clears> because Grado's clearly a huge Rangers man. Yep. You're a big Celtic man, but I want to see how much you two have in common. So I've put together um, some quickfire questions, yep. and it's a this or that question. Grado will answer first, you'll answer second. Yep. And you've got to be honest here. You yeah, up with that? Just it, yeah, yeah. Let me go. Grado, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Rangers and Celtic, let's see how much you two have in common. This or that? Ronaldo or Messi? This. <laughs> Ronaldo. Messi. Cats or dogs, Grado? Dogs. Dogs. Aye. Leather or lace, Grado? Uh, oh, that's a hard one. It's maybe quite fire. It's maybe quite fire. Uh, leather. Leather. <laughs> Blonde or brunette, Grado? Brunette. Brunette. You two have got a lot in common. No, we thing, do. We the do, only we. thing you've disagreed on yet is Ronaldo or Messi. Uh, McDonald's or KFC, Grado? Both. <laughs> we can see that. Uh, well, I'm just going to say KFC because that's just nearly opened in Stevenson. Oh, that, that must have been uh, a big event. It was a big event. I told you it was 10 years in the making. KFC <laughs> is now here. I frequent it two, three times a week. So good, that's a good plug. Uh, <laughs> a good plug. The Golden Arches for me. Oh! oh and what do right. you like about the Golden Arches? Tell us. What do I go for? Yeah. On the odd occasion, mm-hmm. uh, chicken sandwich. Okay. I knew you'd pick that. Does <laughs> on. one day you? Aye. Aye. So hold on. M- you maybe a wee cheeseburger. That's what I'm seeing. So you get a wee side order a wee again as well. cheeseburger, maybe. Aye. Aye. You ever did the Big Mac challenge? Now, what is that, Simon? <laughs> <laughs> How many you can eat in the one sitting? I've no. You'd a boy at Celtic Gym Slavin, I think you could do eight. Really? Eight? Uh, eight. The Big Mac challenge, you could do eight. eight. Big Mac. What decade was this, Simon? Because they did get weird. Well, <laughs> we're going back a wee bit. 90s. Nah. 90s, and yeah, that would be a shift, but I'd say. <laughs> you, I'd you know the sizes through uh, different decades. Listen, well, for example, <laughs> I what. I worked for McDonald's between 2004 and 2006. Uh-huh, there you go. And even in between then, I was noticing <coughs> the, the buns downsizing. And I wasn't a happy bunny. <laughs> uh, next question. McCoist or Larson? McCoist. Um, I am McCoist. Simon? Larson. Right. Why Larson over McCoist? 
He's by far the better all-round player. McCoyce was a fantastic goal scorer. Who's the best finisher? I would still say Henrik. <laughs> Left hand or right hand? Oh, right hand. Every time? Uh, unless uh, there's an injury to there, yeah. <laughs> Simon left or right, right. Hand. every time. Yes, every time. Mm-hmm. Hamden or Murrayfield. Well, I hate going to uh, Hamden for the football, and uh, I've I've only been to Murrayfield for red hot chili peppers. <laughs> so what are you picking? Murrayfield. Simon. Hamden. Dominant or submissive, Grado. Uh, submissive. Simon. I'm going dominant. (laughs) (laughs) Neil Lennon or Paul Lambert? Two good midfielders. Paul Lambert, because he spoke to my mom at Presswick Airport. (laughs) Before he went and hold the one here. Lambert or uh, Lennon? It's a good question. I'd go Lambo. Yep. Why'd you hate Neil Lennon? (laughs) (laughs) What happened there? I think uh, Mm -hmm. Champions League winner. Lambert won the Champions League, yeah. Loudrop or Gaza? Loudrop. Simon, Gaza or Loudrop? Would you have played against both? Played against both. They've been in my life for a few seasons. Uh, Loudrop Loudrop just edged Loudrop. Why why Loudrop? What was it about him that you would want him ahead of Gaza? He never smashed me in the windpipe. (laughs) (laughs) No, both fantastic football players. I think he shades it. Loudrop gets it. Uh, the last one for you, truth or dare kind of guy, Grado. Truth. truth. Yeah. Simon, truth or dare? Truth. Truth guy. Okay. So what did we learn from that, this or that quiz? I don't know. You go first, would you think? <laughs> you like to eat KFCs? <laughs> <laughs> and plug KFC. <laughs> and Stevenson. And not get paid for it. For. <laughs> um, it's, it's good to have you here, Simon. Let's talk about your football career. Celtic, let's start yeah. there. And I think we'll probably just stay with Celtic and we'll touch on Partick this as well. I think we might avoid Sheffield Wednesday because it didn't go particularly yeah. well. Oh, okay. I had them okay. in that. I had you in that. Stick an elbow. Stick. How do you know I was going to say that? Oh, what else would you have, man? <laughs> <laughs> what, a, a sticky album when he's at Sheffield Wednesday or Celtic? Celtic, I remember him in a sticky album, man. Yeah. Oh, the last season, my class man, did you? Because <laughs> <laughs> he looked like Leonardo DiCaprio. That's <laughs> aye, why. Aye, aye. It's, Simon, let, let's let's... You mentioned already you made your debut at Hibs, yeah. right? You, you, you come off the bench, big day for you. Um, was that towards the end of that season or w- how old were yeah, you at that was, point? I would have been 19. 19, right, okay. You make your debut at Easter Road. How many games did you actually play for Celtic that season? I think I had 12 appearances, I had two sub-appearances. So it was Hibs and Motherwell. Mm-hmm. Motherwell was at Celtic Park, so I got my first experience. It was the old Celtic Park with the old jungle. I think the jungle was seated. And then I made my full starting debut midweek against Wraith Rovers and scored two. So how many goals did you score towards the end of that season? I played the last ten, started the last ten, scored five. And who'd you manage at that time? Lou McCarry. And he labelled you the next Dalglish, didn't he? labelled me the new Dalglish, yeah. Was it at that next... point, did you feel that pressure when he names Dalglish no. in the same breath as you? No, I didn't. You didn't I, feel I, it? I didn't, no. I, d- I, I get more stuck in the dressing room with the players winding me up about it. Mm-hmm. Probably the reserve boys because they were all on my level. Uh, they would they would all wind me up about it, but I never re- it never really affected anything I did in the pitch because he, he was my he was my hero. So I don't think he was trying to say I was him. He was saying there was little bits of my play that reminded him, yeah. which I just I took as a compliment. And you were nineteen, yeah. 
So you break into the Celtic team, you have a fantastic end to the season, a lot is expected you in the pre-season, the build-up to the new season. Yeah. Lou McCary doesn't survive. No, T- Tommy he, Burns came in. So Lou McCary goes. Yeah. Tommy Burns comes in. Do you think, ah, just when Lou McCary's put me into the team, and Tommy might not fancy me? No, it's, it's funny. I, I, I can't say anything against McCary because he gave me my, my debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm thankful for that. But I don't think he was the favourite of the experienced players in the dressing room for whatever right. reason. As I say, I was just happy to be involved. I came in and scored five goals in ten games. Do you think player power got him out the door? I think there was a wee bit of that. I don't, I don't remember him being a, around a lot. I think he got a lot of stick for being back down the road. As I say, I, at 19, you're just happy to be in and around it. You, yeah. you don't have much of a say, apart from just going out and performing. With Tommy coming in, I was really excited because I'd worked with Tommy with under-21s, with Tommy Craig. So you knew Tommy then? I knew, I knew of him. I actually went to Tenerife, 94, with my mates, and we're walking along the beach and we're playing like, you maybe play the lookalikes, you're yeah. spotting guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bearing in mind it was Tenerife and it was a boys' holiday, and we're probably a wee bit worse for wear. And I've went, there's Tommy Burns. And it was Tommy Burns. <laughs> and he was soon to become Celtic manager. my boss. Yeah. But he was great with it, and it was brilliant for my career, Tommy Burns. Uh, unfor- the, the, the first season at Hamden wasn't particularly great, but once we got back to Celtic Park and he was bringing in the calibre of player that he brought in. You and know, could you, do you want to bypass that season at Celtic Park? Eh, sorry, at, at Hamden? Hamden Park. Well, because you, did, don't, well, you, after, didn't, after, you, didn't, you didn't score, did you? No, after breaking in and scoring five and ten, and I actually thought, this is easy. You know, I, I stupidly thought, is this what it's going to be like always? And I come back for the for the next season, and obviously everybody's aware of you. You're not the new kid in the block anymore, mm-hmm. and senior pros are out to get you. And I had a couple of wee injury problems. We weren't particularly flying. And I struggled that season. What you know, season was that? 94, 95, I think. Uh-huh. So you, you soon come back down to the ground after the kind of highs of breaking into the team and scoring goals. I kind of came back to reality a wee bit. I had to go away and build myself up, come back, hopefully stronger. But yeah, that season I never scored a goal. And, and Peter Grant reminds me of it. He, he said it was the only season in his Celtic career that he scored more goals than a striker at the club and he <laughs> get, he get one. <laughs> so, so it wasn't so, a particularly great season. So season 94-95 under Tommy Burns at Hamden was a season to forget. That was a Total. season to... to, the, to the, the, the positive for me was we, we, he signed Pierre. Pierre Van Hoydonk, as you've got to say. Were you about to ask that, were you? It's just the funny thing is, my brother used to always wind me up at the time because I was always a blo- brought, brought up a mega Rangers fan and he's chosen to come on, come on this podcast and say, because when I was young, he used to go, who's your favourite player? And I'd go, Pierre Van Hoydonk. <laughs> because as a boy, yeah. he was, Pierre was, I mean, all the, all the boys that's got the Celtic fans at the school, Pierre, there's only one Pierre. He just was, I mean, the height of him and... The stature. The, the, really. high, the presence that he had, he just... It was definitely in an era where Rangers players had great Rangers players. He was one where if you felt what team could they walk into? Yeah, I would say would have been able to walk into that team. I feel Pierre. Did you know he was good when he first came through the door? I'd never heard of him. You never heard I of him. Admit, I'd never heard of the guy. Uh, but then you watch him play football and fantastic. And really, he helped the young boys in a way that he, he would go back. It's so cliche watching him going back after training and practicing free kicks, mm-hmm. but he did, and it encouraged you as a young boy. If it's good enough for him, I'm, I'm doing it. And it was a real good influence. And again, football being a team game, when you're playing with better players, your game picks up, you get more confident. And Van Hooydonk for me was a top 
talk, I mean, you talk about the stats. If you look at his stats, wherever he's went, his goal to game ratio. He's, he's played in the semi final mm. of the World Cup. He's a fantastic player. Yeah, one so, of the best I've played with. So, Van Hoydonk is the first piece of the Tommy Burns jigsaw. Yeah. Because that summer comes and you sign who? I think. What season are we talking here again? I think and he, he signs Andy Tom mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. another player who I'd never heard of but uh, we went away to Germany pre-season and Pierre knew of him I remember the boy saying to Pierre is, is, is he a player and, and he was saying yeah very good player so Andy Tom came in we had uh, Cadet so, so, so Tommy Burns is already making his impact then he was bringing in a different calibre of player we, we still and had a players style. there I mean we had Paul McStay's and John Collins good football players you know mm-hmm. great football players McStay, again, a, an absolute genius of a player. But he was bringing in guys to complement that and go and challenge this guy's team that we're talking about with your Gascoins and your Loudrops, which I think we started getting closer to Rangers. You know, With, with the likes of Tom and Cadetti. Definitely, and definitely. I remember yeah. a, a three each at, at Ibrooks. He scored, did he know, and he got choked off? Is it not Andy Tom that scored? Cadet, no. Cadet it's scored. Cadet scored. Cadet scored. I'm glad you remembered that. I was it. That game was my first old fun game. It was onside, wasn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you play in that game? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was one. Yeah. I mean, I was only eight at the time, but I thought, wow. Yeah. So, see, when you draw 3 3 with Rangers that season, you're thinking we're getting closer to them. Aye, I think there was a belief. There was a belief because obviously. Because they were going for what, eight that Was that eight, eight they, were they were going, going for? for it, they were going for eight that Aye. year. Aye. There was, there was a, see, when you started bringing those type of players in to enhance what we had, the, you could feel the belief. You could feel we were getting better as a team. Alan Stubbs was coming in at the back. There was players there that we knew we could improve the team and get closer to Rangers. It was giving you, as you say, a, a belief, a confidence. Mm-hmm. And that season, I think we only get beat once. That's right. Too many draws. But, but and, and Tommy Burns still lost his job, having lost just one game. Aye. And, out, and that's what I kind of... Because the football that he brought back to the club, they, talk, they call it the kind of Celtic way. Yeah. It was attacking fast-flowing football. Yeah. Out with the year that I won the league, it's probably the best I enjoyed playing there. And I get a lot of fans coming up and remembering that because of was, was, was the Tommy, football you were putting out. Was Tommy Burns treated shabbily by Celtic that season? Because he did, have to, he did have to rebuild that team. Yeah. And he did. You lose one game. Yes, you lose the league. Yeah. But the groundwork had been made. The, 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 the platform was there to then... Bill go again. Go again. Yeah. Was that a shock to you that he got sacked? Aye, it was a big disappointment. Was it? Aye. It, it, it came on the back of the Fall Cup yeah. semi-finals. Yeah. We, we, we drew and then we get beat in the, I think, the Wednesday night in the replay. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of done it. Uh, Do you think if he had if won he that game and got to the final, he'd have been all right? Football. I think he would have won, won the league with Celtic. So who comes in and replaces Tommy Burns that summer? Vim. Vim Janssen. Vim. And what was what was what, 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 did 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 you like him when he first came through the door? Yeah, I did. But again, ignorance. I, d- I, I didn't know who Vim was. Mm-hmm. We'd, we'd been linked by Rude Hullet and all these guys, big names that yeah. you, you knew from football. And Vim Janssen comes in and we're like, I, I didn't know. Who so th- those things right. have never changed itself to him because when Mourinho and Benitez just there, <laughs> and then uh, you end up with Neil Lennon. Uh, no disrespect to Neil Lennon, <laughs> but even back then, Rude Hullet, blah 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 blah, and then comes Wim Janssen. Having said that, he came, he came in. I tell you, he came in. We were in Holland pre-season. He came in. He had this Celtic shell suit on with the perm and like, what's this? He's walking, acro- walking across to, to say hello to the players, and we're kind of having a laugh and a joke. But his training was brilliant from, from the first day. The ball was out. It was, as you can imagine, Dutch, all football. 
But that, this guy, it was our ignorance. This guy played in two World Cup finals mm -hmm. for Holland. You know, he, he knew what he was doing. He knew his stuff. It was because right. we didn't know him like, oh, who's Wim Janssen? But he played in two World Cup finals. So Wim Janssen comes in and he's under pressure to stop 10 in a row. Yeah. So Tommy Burns gets a sack, the canyon then goes. Wim yeah. Janssen comes in. Yeah. He signs this lad called Henrik Larson. Yeah. He comes in, has a stinker at Hibs on his opening day. <laughs> right? And everyone's going, who is this boy? He's rubbish. You lost, lost the, game the first two games. We lost there and then we, we lost it. Celtic Park against them, Fellman. Made no points out, out of six. So, they, so there you are. You've got Henrik Larsson, the team. You've got this new manager in Wim Janssen. Tommy Burns has left after going a season, losing just the one game. You must be thinking, oh, shit. This is, this is just... It was, well, I would have been 23, 24. It was, looking back on it now, it was chaotic because we had about eight or nine players come in over that first bit of the, the season. You had your Burleys, your Lamberts, Larsson, obviously. Reaper came in. There was, there was six or seven came in. Uh, so it took a wee time to gel in then? Well, we get beat the first two. Mm -hmm. And bearing in mind, you're going to try and stop the ten. With the likes of Loudrop and Gaz on the team. The worst possible start. And then we went to McDermott Park midweek. And we beat them in the cup, St. Johnson. And then we went back up on the Saturday, I think, and beat them in the league 2-0. And that was the first wee turning point. And then we, we get to a period of the season where... We drew Liverpool in the, the, the UEFA Cup. Mm -hmm. And albeit going out and away goals, we actually were the better team, I thought. And that was, for me, that's the first bit I remember this team could actually achieve something this year. We're actually beginning to gel. So that after that Liverpool game, you start to believe I did, I, that I, this could I, be I the year. I thought this team could, could do something. And Henrik... Did you know that Henrik was going to be as good as he turned out to be? or was there I knew Henrik for the 94 World Cup with the hair with his dreadlocks, mm -hmm. and he scored in the third and fourth playoff against, I think it was Bulgaria. And you'd been at Feyenoord with Vim. Things were only going well for him. And I think Vim, and his absolute, what a, what a decision he thought, this could be a platform for Henrik to get his, his career back on track. Playing him up front, knew the boy inside out, and, well, the rest is history with Henrik. You know, he just kicked on. Is there a point where, in time, where, is it, some somebody like Vim or was it was Muddle's assistant Mud, then? Aye, because Mud, Muddle actually came in. Muddle came to the club. Muddle tells us again. I didn't know this at the time. Muddle uh. came to the club, uh, and he wasn't sure what capacity he was going to be. Yeah, he thought maybe reserve coach or whatever. Aye. And then because we didn't have a manager at the time, he was asked to take the team to Holland pre-season. Right. And then even when Vim came in, Muddle was like, "I'm not sure." What role he wants for me. To know the team and and after that, a couple of pre-season games, I think Vim took him aside and said, listen, I want you to be my, my assistant. So right. he actually came back to the club not knowing what role he was going to play yeah. and turned out to be the assistant manager in a, a tremendous year for them. But, but when you look at that Rangers team that was on paper that season and the pressure's on you to, to stop 10 in a row, did you feel that pressure as a player in the dressing room? Did you Were you aware of the... The, the enormity of what was what was going to happen if you didn't win the league? See, see looking back at 44, I don't think I could handle it now at 44, <laughs> knowing the, the such importance Aye. at 24. Were you not aware of it? The only time I really felt pressure that season, honestly, is when I get taken off in the last game against St. Johnson at 1-0 and Harold came on, and you're a supporter. Aye. You're sitting on the bench and you're just a supporter. But you should have won the league the week before. We should have, and it should have been my goal that took <laughs> us over the... We, we made them firm. <laughs> right. I remember uh, Rangers were playing the night, the, the day before. Played Kelly, I think. Played Kelly. Aye. 
and Kelly. Do you remember that, Jake Grader? Yes, Aye. that's because I because I think the, the, if Rangers had got the three points, what would have happened? If Rangers get the three I points, think you'd have kept, I think you'd have still had the say in what happened. Aye. Once you get beat off Kilmarnock, it. it was in our hands. In yeah, hands. for the first time. And so you score. Yeah, it's one nil. You're playing. You're going. I've scored the goal. It's one in the I league. Can I can remember about half an hour, twenty minutes of that game left. It comes into your head. You're thinking, my goal's going to be the goal that takes right. us over the line here. And it was more kind of for my, my family. What an achievement. You know, my, my dad sitting in so the So you're stand. thinking that while you're running around East End Park? I, it entered my head, it did. Mm. And then, Gouldy, there's a long ball goes into the box. And Gouldy comes and then stops. And a guy who was on loan for God knows where, Falkenbridge, remember his <laughs> name, haunts me to this day. Rose like an eagle and headed it into the net. Aye. So then it obviously goes to the, the final day. I do remember what I remember about that Rangers and Kelly game is because obviously at the time, well, I'd, have been, I'd have been 10 at the time, and I just... You make me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know, but I do remember that day coming out of Ibrooks and grown men just in tears yeah. going, that's it, and that is it over, and folk were just yeah. coming out absolutely distraught. But obviously, in my young, naive mind, I'm thinking to myself, it's fine, we've got it, don't worry, we'll, well, it'll work out. Ten in a row still coming, and I've just got that vivid memory of folk walking out going, wow, that's it, it's completely yeah, you've lost it. We've lost it. And, I, and actually... Uh, so, so it goes down to the last game of the season. It goes to the last season. And I, was at, um, I went to the beanbag at Ibrox because at that time there was no such thing as your Satanta yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Rangers got the, the rights to show it. Um, at Ibrook so there was a good 20, 30,000 people and you were at the beanbag game we were at the beanbag waiting on user at home to St Johnson, Johnson. Aye. And I so how's, how's, it, how's, how's the atmosphere at Ibrox for you as a Rangers fan when you're a wee kid uh, I think when did Celtic score the 60 uh, were Rangers winning at this point we're Rangers in front and we're, we're basically winning I the think, league I think so because we could tell Henrik scores after a few minutes and we're thinking this could just be a run of the mill 4-0 and mm -hmm. we're over the line here and the longer the game went at 1-0 St Johnson had a couple of chances at 1-0 and I could just tell by the way the, the crowd were reacting that Rangers I'm assuming you might be able to correct me I, mm. I think they were winning I think they had it if we were going to slip up. If you drew, yeah. So then Harold scores the second goal and it, it was relief. Aye. You could just feel relief in the whole stadium. And that's when we all emptied. Can <laughs> 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 I hang in a day? And I remember being a young boy as well at the time. And no, no, can I, it didn't really make sense to me. I remember going, going up the road and my mum going, what happened? He's and I'll go, Dad, you think we'll get 10 in a row next year then? <laughs> can you work out? Then I went, you didn't work out. I go, but we'll get 10 in a row next year, Dad, we'll win all. Just remember that going on. No. And see, you get taken off in that game and you become a fan for 25 minutes and you know what's going on with the Rangers game. Aye. It's it's nervy stuff. It's You're 1-0 right? up. Aye. See, when that second goal goes in, do you remember that moment and what yeah, was that like? I jumped, I jumped on Lisbon Lion, John Clark's back. And surprisingly, <laughs> never took him to the floor. <laughs> I remember it. He, he was a kit man, right. an absolute legend of a guy. And he was just the first guy there. The, the whole dugout emptied, and I found myself on <laughs> poor John Clark's back. <laughs> and what was that feeling like, knowing that you'd stopped 10 in a row? It was amazing, but I, I, honestly, I really don't... I think you look back on it now, and you realise how important it was. At the time, you're taking it in. I think the experience And you're enjoying guys, the moment. You're enjoying the moment. We had a bizarre situation where... 
on the back of the Cadetti signing, we were obliged to go to Portugal the next morning mm-hmm. to play sport in Lisbon the next night. Oh. Can you believe that? The night after you win the league? The night after you win the league. So you can imagine what we've been <laughs> the Nickies. partying Aye. and they're turning up at the airport on Celtic <laughs> duty. Fly over there. The game was a non-event, nil-nil. Jackie and Dan Jackson chucked injuries in. Stayed on the bus <laughs> drinking beers. <laughs> <laughs> Had to play the whole right side for the 90 minutes. Aye. Hung over. We drew nil-nil, but we had a right good two or three days out there, aye, as you can aye, imagine. Aye. But that, that's where Vim broke the news and said... I'm away. We couldn't have been I only stayed one season. Yeah. Well, you're not going to top That's that, right, are you? Aye. Really, if truth be told. Could you imagine there's more football players like that, football managers like that? That aye. is such a kind of. Would, would you say that would be the highlight of your football career, that winning aye. that league and stopping aye. Rangers winning ten? Or when you look back now, you, the, the significance of that yeah. moment, yeah. Um, you can you can properly appreciate it. Hundred percent. I'm, I'm proud to say that I, I was involved in it. You know, I played my part in that team. That team are quite close. All the guys for that team. You know, we kind of try to meet up. Where about just meet up? <laughs> no telling you. <laughs> uh, but listen, it's difficult in football. You kind of ships passing the night at right. times. But it's good to see the boys because you've you've all went through it. You've all experienced. It is. It's a, it's an important part in Celtic's history that year. And there was another great moment. We were. It was the World Cup that year that's as right, well. Ninety eight. And we were flying back for Portugal, hungover again. And that's when we all get the text through. There was I think eight of us went. And we were all hoping to be in that squad. And I remember us standing, you know, you're going through security at the mm-hmm. airport to come back. And the first guy was getting the text. And the next guy, and you're thinking, please. And it was it was a great moment. There was seven, I think seven of us get picked at that point. So you're all congratulating. We're all going to the World Cup. Favourite year as well, probably, then. Definitely, that I, I, yeah. I, Being in the World Cup with Scotland as well. Winning the league, stopping 10 in a row and playing with Scotland. Doesn't it get any better? No. Um, who was the best player you played with at Celtic? Because you've played with some absolute crackers. When you think about yeah. Van Hooydonk, your De Canio's, your Cadetes, your Andres Tom, yeah. Henrik Larsson, Lambert, McStay. Yeah. I mean, I could go on. For you, who was the most talented and the best player you played with? I was, I was lucky enough to play with guys. You, t- you talk about an education coming through. I, play, I, I played my first, I think I started my first game up front with Charlie Nicholas, who was coming to the end of his career. Mm-hmm. But as a footballer, an absolute genius, and I learned stuff off him. Of Nicholas? Aye. But Larson has to be the best for me. Larson. Larson. Henrik Larson has to be the best. I genuinely thought you were going to say Decanio was the best player you've ever played with. No, I genu- Henrik. Uh, Henrik. Where does Decanio come in? He's up there. He's up there. Listen, Miravchik. Miravchik of Unbelievable. Well, Unbelievable player. So if you came at the twilight. Let me let me then put it this way. Your top three players you played with at Celtic. So Larson won. Henrik's top. Put him on the spot. Yeah. I would say Lubo. Two. And three. Difficult. I'd say Paul McStay. All right, that's a good one. Right, now give me the three worst. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Who did you think? Who did you think? Three worst. <laughs> Reggie Blinker. <laughs> Come on, give me what? What? Did you know that Reggie got no, a, no, Re- Reg- Reg- a hard deal? Cause it, I did get a hard deal. He pulled out a tackle and everybody remembers it. And, yeah. and also because of Reggie's stinker and all that. And the Raymond all, all that. Right, come on, let me ask a question then. Let me ask this. Uh, did you ever witness a scrap in the dressing room? Like a really, really bad one that you'd allowed to say? No. All, all the time. I, all does it happen time? All the time. And is it mere when you were winning or when you were doing <clears> bait? No, it, it could be in training. But, but, Speaking about it before we came on air earlier on, Hen- Henrik and Tosh McKinley was the really the, the biggest one, and it wasn't so much a fight; it was 
Tosh Hedenham. And it was the day oh, before a Rangers game. Really? And there was fans there at Barrafield watching. And it was a hell of a Glasgow right. kiss, aye. And how did that affect the football, the game? It was funny because at the time Vim had come in and it was a wee bit... What Vim liked to do was play the guys that had the, the jersey against the guys that didn't have the jersey. Mm -hmm. So obviously there was a bit of needle. But it aye. brought an intensity wow. to training. And it overspilled. Aye. It overspilled. And there was a wee bit... People were coming in, and it was maybe a wee bit cliquey at that point, you know, with the the, 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 the Dutch and the Scandinavians, a wee bit. And that kind of broke all the barriers, ironically enough. That that happening, everything just, they kind of kissed and made up. Later on, I think Tosh went to his house and apologised to Henry a couple of days later. Really? And I think that kind of was a wee turning, because that was, that was the 98 season. Uh, yeah. Did you play under... Um John Barnes? No. No, you missed, never did. I missed out on John. Is that just when you had left, aye? I just left. So I'd signed a pre-contract in the February or the January. You and were one of the first players from Scotland to, to take advantage of the Bosman rule, aye. wasn't but, it? You were one of the first. Aye. But, well, I think maybe John Collins was one of the... When you went to Monaco? Aye. But me and, me and Phil, and looking back on it, we took a bit of stick for that. Ah, you did. We took a bit of stick. And it wasn't to... You can understand it, you know, you've, you've decided you're, you're moving on. Get a good signing on for you, aye? Aye, the deal was good. <laughs> <laughs> the deal was good. I mean, it's, listen, but if it's there, the, take advantage the of it. The thing is, people say, I mean, I get something on Twitter sent me the other night, I jumped ship to Sheffield. I had seven years at Celtic. I had seven years. I was there for 17 to 24. They forget that, don't they? And the thing is, if I'm advising myself at 24... To go there, and it's not again nothing against Sheffield Wednesday because my, my boy was born in Sheffield, and I've got a lot of good memories with Sheffield, a lot of good people there, and a fantastic club. If I was advising myself at 24, if I was moved, I, would, I wouldn't have went to Sheffield Wednesday. They were struggling in the bottom of the Premiership. You made a mistake. It didn't suit my style of play. I was in a team where we were 95 percent of the time were attacking. Can I ask what then? Why? What, 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 did, was were you blinded by the money? No, it wasn't the money. The, the deal was good. Right. The deal was good. So what? So it, did you not do your research, or was it your agent or your your people just maybe? Because see, when I look back at forty four, I, I I remember sitting. They were down there almost relegated that year. I remember me and Phil sitting going, Gee, "I hope you don't get relegated. Maybe we're signing for a champ." Because I wanted to play in the Premiership. Yeah, mm -hmm. Now you're at twenty four. I played maybe five seasons, five and a half seasons in the Celtic first team, and. I was quite a shy guy at 24. You're, you're seven years in the goldfish bowl. I went down to Sheffield, nobody recognised me. There was a load of different reasons that I made the decision. Yeah. But I can honestly say, and I've said to Celtic fans when they ask me now, again, it's no disrespect to the people that were in that dressing room. I could tell after a month at Sheffield Wednesday who were in the Premiership that I'd l I was in a lesser dressing room than I'd left. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. The, the, and that was a Premiership ability club? Ability-wise. And that was a bad move. Um, so we'll leave that there. Just... Um, before we go any further, you had just a good time of it with Jackie McNamara in management, um, particularly at Partick Thistle, and then on to Dundee United. Yeah. Would you get back into management? No. You wouldn't? No. No interest? No. Why? Because when it's good, it's really good. We, we, a good, we built a team at Partick. Uh, so the one Ricky was in? Ricky did you, did you release my mate? I don't know if Ricky played for the first team. Ricky who? I don't think he did replay that. Ricky Little. That's Ricky Little. The boy I was talking to before. Right. I went, he went to Queen's Park. I thought, in fact, I'm sure it was Ian McCall. But he might have played for the first team. He might have. I think he did. No. 
think he was yeah. a right back, but apart from a centre half. But Jackie comes right. in as manager. He replaces Aye. McCall. Yeah, Jackie came in, and then he asked you to be his assistant. Retired me. Retired you. <laughs> retired me. He's right. You were, you were still playing with Partick. Loves though, to eh? tell everybody about it. Uh. I remember he, he, was, he got the job for five games at the end of the season. We were more or less look, shows what you can do, and we'll give you it for real next season. And he says, look, I want you as my number two. And I'm 35 at the time, and I'm saying, look, I'll I'll play. I can play a bit. <laughs> he says, no, no, I want you sitting here, eyes and ears here beside me. That was fine, but from that day forward, he's told everybody that he's the guy that retired me. I could probably <laughs> have played for another couple of seasons. <laughs> but, we, 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 but you had a good time at Partick. We built Partick. a team there that went on to win the league. Yeah. Uh, Alan Archibald took over when we went to United. They came up. He did okay with it. Yeah. He, he took on what you'd started. Yeah. You got they, to Dundee United. We you'd... got to United and for... Uh, did you work with Andy Robertson? Aye, we, we signed Andy. Fantastic boy. Fantastic uh, career. But just... There was some talent there. <clears throat> Excuse me. There was real talent in that, that, that squad. But he was... He was above it with the way he went about his business. But you would day. never have guessed at that point he'd be a Champions League winner, no, would you? No, not at no, all, but I no. knew he was going to have a good career. Well, you I, signed I, him because you clearly thought he was aye. a good player. We, we, we actually signed him and we were looking at somebody else. We were actually thinking, right, we'll, we'll get maybe an experience on the left side and if Andy pushes in, great, but we'll give him the time. And we went to Germany pre-season and Andy blows away with just what he was doing on the pitch that we didn't even take the other guy. And Andy started as our left-back his one season at United, I think he scored four or five goals, rampaging forward, and he was we couldn't afford them anymore. He was away to the Premiership with Hull. Just one season. <clears throat> but he's, uh. he, what he did in training was he went about his business every day as if. Did, did you know his life then in, on in, in pre-season at the start of that season that this boy had something? Did you know it once we seen him playing? Aye, because it was unassuming. He was like this. He's built up now, but he was just a a wee boy at the time. But. As I say, when you watch him day in, day out, the way he applied himself at training, you know, you knew he was going to go further. So Get well done, you, Simon and Jackie. Well, Identifying that young boy, bring yeah. him in. One season, yeah. boom. Yeah. Why bask out for Rangers now? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that, that, that was a good period, but to go back to your... It, it soon can go the other way. Aye, it can. You know, you, you, you have to sell the players. Things get turned on us a wee bit about that mm -hmm. but you can't you can't deny these boys three of them went to Celtic one went to Sport in Lisbon one went to the Premiership mm -hmm. how can you deny their futures yeah the boys moving on but it shows what a good job you two did but you, then you're expected to pull rabbits out of the hat for the next Aye. season and if you don't then you're, you're next on the line and um, before I let you go Simon it's been fascinating speaking to oh. you um, you're running a soccer academy or a I football am. academy yes. over the summer yes which kids can get involved in and it's great that you're putting something back into the community if there's, if there's like mums and dads that they're listening to the show right now and they want to get involved with the Simon Donnelly uh, Football <laughs> Academy, how do they go about doing that? Because you're doing it quite close to where we we're, are in Glasgow doing it Green. Just across the road here at Glasgow Green, made a, a week at Easter. It was me and Charlie Miller. Uh, on the back of me doing one last October, and the numbers been so good, I asked Charlie to come in and do it with us. It was good for the Celtic Rangers thing. Uh, and we had a really successful Easter week, so we're doing four weeks across the road at Glasgow Green. You can follow us on Twitter, SD13Sports, Instagram, Charlie Miller Academy as well. All the details are there. There's still spaces. We're going to have this man down at some Aye, point. I'm going to come down Aye, a couple of training sessions. Training. Aye, yeah. Well, because you know what? I, I get offered <coughs> quite a lot of stuff like that, and I went down one day, and the setup was brilliant. 
Honestly, point, or her, honestly um, it was good. We had we'd, we'd, uh, Callum McGregor came along to meet the kids. Barry yeah. Ferguson, Scott McDowell, Marvin Andrews. Aye. The kids when their eyes light All up the and the walk. So we're going to hopefully have some more guests. Aye. And it will come down yourself. I will pop down. So, so parents, just get online. Yep. Register your kids, yep. and then uh, Monday to Friday. Oh, brilliant! Uh, throughout the summer. L- throughout the summer starts on the first of July. Early drop off, you know, for mums and dads working. We'll be there for nine o'clock onwards. Wow, that's so, good. No, definitely. I, I and can Greed will be there as well. I'll be there. You won't be wrestling the kids, right. will you? No, I'll not be wrestling the kids, but I'll just be keeping everything in order. I may have the, I may have the leotard underneath just in case it all kicks off. <laughs> but uh, no, I need, I need to get my fitness. Get me done for big daddy to medium daddy. <laughs> uh, Simon, uh, the Soccer Football Academy sounds amazing over the summer there, so get yourselves involved in that if you can, or if you want your kids involved with Simon and, and Charlie Miller and the likes of um, Grado as well and other football players. That'd be good. That um, good. Simon, it's been an absolute pleasure. Right. All right, thanks, thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Before we go, let me tell you about the big debt payoff, which is back at Cannington Dean, Scotland's debt specialist. Now, once again, one lucky Scot, which could be you, Grado, because I know you're in debt. You're a big fancy motor. (laughs) (laughs) So you could win your way to a future free from unsecured debts, and it's free and easy to enter, and no minimum debt level is required. So head to the bigdebtpayoff.co.uk to enter all your details, and you could be like David from Brecon, who last year had an incredible £7,000 worth of debt written off, just like that. Oh. And by winning the big debt payoff last year, his financial burdens were eased. So if you have credit card, loans, catalogs, or store card debts you need a help with, then head to... Oh, the- my very account! I'm fucking... I need to pay my very off. <laughs> Shit, aye. You're right. So head to the bigdebtpayoff.co.uk now, and you can have those unsecured debts sorted thanks to Carrington Dean, Scotland's debt, debt specialist. specialist. Yes. Entry conditions apply. It may not be suitable for all. It can affect the credit rating. And there is free advice available on debt from moneyadviceservice.org.uk. That's uh, money advice or the one word.org.uk. Competition is only open to Scotland residents age 18 and over. Are you over 18? Aye. And uh, open until July the 31st, 2019. Terms and conditions apply. apply. Football daft with Glasgow Private Hire. And that's it for the Football Daft Podcast, episode five. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our guest. First of all, former Celtic striker Simon Donnelly was a great guest. Yeah, I just want to apologise to Simon Donnelly for tanning a full family-sized bag of Revos in front of him whilst I was <laughs> asking him questions and exposing my belly to him. You might not have seen it because it's his audio. Um, but uh, my belly it was, was a sight. all over the gaff. It was not disrespectful. It wasn't because he stopped tanning in a row. Yeah. I'll just get too comfy next time. (laughs) (laughs) Also, thanks to Elizabeth, who is a Cheryl Cole impersonator and fooled Grado into thinking that we had a mega superstar in the studio. You did fall for it. For um, 0.003 seconds. Piss off. I thought that was fucking her. No, it was longer than that. That was day. 100%. That was day. Do you know what? I watched you. You had a doubt, and then there was a point in that for quite a while where you thought, that's fucking Cheryl Cole. <laughs> I did. I did, because the day you go to the radio stations, see all your radio stations. And I, was thinking, radio. and I was thinking, maybe she has had a fucking spare half hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fucking <laughs> dafties came with you. <laughs> uh, so thank you to Elizabeth. That was brilliant fun. That was superb. Yeah, it was good fun. And, um, and, and that's just about it today. Anything well, else you want to say no, before I just, we go? Can I think... Uh, I've enjoyed the podcast. Uh, 
Fucking ten years for Michael Jackson. <laughs> Can you believe it? We have been a decade without Wacko Jacko. And I think we'll just end that there. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, come back next week. See y'all later. Smooth coming up. This is 4Network.